Welcome to the MED Sustainable Tourism Community Podcast, produced by UNIMED, Mediterranean Universities Union. The MED Sustainable Tourism Community is an initiative of the Interreg MED program, co-financed by the ERDF, European Regional Development Fund. This is the audio cast of the online event Sustainable Tourism Solutions to Reduce Pollution in the Mediterranean Area, organized by Nextdoor, partner of the Met Sustainable Tourism Community, on the occasion of the EU Green Week. The webinar took place online on June 3, 2021. Its goal was to present solutions from a selected number of projects aiming at reducing pollution with an ethical and sustainable consumption of tourism, such as ecotourism by Destimet Plus project, cycle tourism by MedCycle Tour project, waste management by Blue Islands project, and water management by Castwater project. Hello and uh, happy to see you. We are uh, an official uh, partner event of the EU Green Week, which is uh, very, uh, very, uh, very exciting. And uh, I will leave you now with uh, Christina to, uh, for the introduction. And we will talk about the agenda uh, later on. Yes, thank you very much, uh, Thomas. Good afternoon. Uh, we are actually very pleased indeed to, to be part of the European Green Week, which uh, indeed we want to bring the tourism as part of, of the discussion of, of this important topic in the European agenda uh, as a target, but also as a driving force of the zero pollution targets that uh, uh, the Green Week is focused on for healthier people and planets. And uh, because we are believers on the uh, direct link that uh, tourism has as a driver of the sustainable development goals of the United Nations, that's why we choose these uh, topics and are very, very grateful to the uh, to you for joining us today, for your interest and the commitment of our uh, speakers that you are going to discover in, in a minute. We are uh, in the, it's, um, the sustainable tourism community here. We had a project, but we're also a community which brings 24 projects uh, dealing indeed with sustainable tourism funded by the EU Interreg MED program, right? And among our community partners, we have, uh, we count uh, around 43 regional public authorities, 23 local authorities, and 13 national public authorities responsible for the management directly and indirectly of tourism destinations but also dealing with ERDF investments in the to improve the sustainability of, of tourism. And uh, this is happening obviously in the uh, most uh, um, important tourism region, let's say in the world, but also the most uh, affected these days by, by the crisis that you know generated by um, the uh, COVID-19 outbreak. So what we do in the community is that we drive a diversity of projects which are uh, dealing with topics like, uh, for example, enhancing the attractiveness of the tourism Mediterranean offer, uh, offering alternatives to mass tourism, uh, taking benefit of local and regional resources in topics like, for example, underwater heritage, cultural culinary heritage, you name it. Secondly, addressing the tourism pressures in the Mediterranean region by reducing impact of tourism activities, and this is precisely related to the topic today, and strengthening planning and management. So we really want to accelerate this change towards a more sustainable tourism governance. So that's why we're bringing these lighthouse examples uh, to discuss and to learn from uh, in this uh, uh, bringing the community to the Green Week so that so we can all learn. And, and, and I would invite you to, uh, while listening to our speakers, to think how this uh, good practice, how this project 
or this strategy or this tool can contribute to my own destination, to my own region, to my policy, to my businesses, so that we can ensure that we transfer these examples and that we make use of what already works and is tested. And also that we can replicate and mainstream into the uh, recovery strategies that uh, you know that uh, now are at the top of the discussion. And we know that there's funding coming from the union, from the recovery package, and that the union invites us to finance 30% of whatever we invest in going into the climate action. So here we have real potential to generate this uh, positive change when it comes to mainstream sustainable tourism tools and foster this um, not only uh, behavioral change in the Mediterranean area, but we really want to capitalize this around Europe. So just a, a quick word on, on, on who we are behind uh, uh, next tour for those who, who do not uh, know us, we are one of the partners of the sustainable tourism community. Uh, we are the network of uh, regional tourism policy makers and destination marketing organizations, together with universities and sustainable tourism associations. And our main commitment is to promote sustainability as a driver of our, of our destination competitiveness. So this is more valid than ever, because now we are learning that it's more important to focus on values than on volumes. So we have a unique opportunity, uh, maybe we can move to the next slide, into the context of today's discussion. Our target is to build, indeed, a European tourism recovery plan through interregional cooperation, where the industry is part of, and where we engage the citizens indeed. So we are here to build the tourism of tomorrow, and the topic of today is gonna be dealing precisely with uh, uh, how tourism can be a driver into the climate change action. So uh, I think uh, this is the, the context for our discussion today. I'm very grateful for just to see we have so many participants, and I would like to give you in the capable hands of Thomas, who is going to drive us through our discussion. And a big thanks also to our speakers today. So I will be happy to give the floor to Thomas now and appear back at the end of the discussion. Thank you very much and have a good discussion. Thank you, Christina. Today we have a five excellent speakers from um, not directly uh, from uh, for a project but they they are representing four different projects from the interimed sustainable tourism community uh, and they and they are francesco lambo from uh, blue islands uh, who's going to uh, all, not only present you blue Island, but uh, of course other uh, project ed lancaster from med cycle tour arno texidor I, I hope i don't uh, pronounce and uh, Emmanuel Amanka from uh, Destimate Plus and Vasileos Mirio Fe uh, Kefaletakis uh, from uh, Caswater. Uh, I am uh, butchering everyone's name. Very sorry for that. Um, we will so start with uh, Francesco, please. Hello, Francesco. How are you doing? Hello, Thomas. Hello, Christina. Thanks for the invitation. Hello to all the members of the sustainable tourism community or family. It's nice to see you all again. And uh, uh, actually, you're right, uh, Thomas, when you invited us, it was uh, uh, rather than uh, focusing directly on presenting a Blue Island project, it was a, a good stimulus to think on about uh, Blue Island legacy, let's call it uh, uh, like this. So uh, very few words about uh, Acer Plus. Acer Plus is, uh, and it was uh, the dissemination leader of the Interreg Med Blue Island project. And it is, we are an international network of uh, 
decentralized public authorities working on sustainable resource management and uh, pushing for circular economy loops in our members regions we do we do it through knowledge sharing european funded projects a common campaign like european week for waste reductions and many other activities and the blue island project was one of the first and key milestone for us to learn some lesson on sustainable tourism i would rather go to, at the end of my presentation to blue island to start a bit with uh, some key inputs about the lessons we learned through our organizational life and through the projects on sustainable tourism we worked in uh, first lesson we learned is that sustainable tourism needs enabling frameworks. Uh, I will spend a, a couple of minutes on that, at, at least to list the different layers of enabling frameworks that are needed to push for sustainable uh, uh, tourism. Uh, the first one is, of course, the EU level, and on this we are very happy to see uh, an evolution trend uh, with the uh, a uh, long story of voluntary schemes and uh, labels that are uh, uh, now more than uh, 10 years in place uh, in Europe that helped a lot uh, tourism operators in acquiring low knowledge and in assimilating sustainability uh, and indicators and principle of the European tourism indicator system. But uh, some impact analysis are somehow revealing how uh, voluntary schemes are not enough uh, to push for uh, a systemic uh, change and to have tourism operators transform as a result of the use of uh, uh, these indicators. Uh, and that's why we are somehow welcoming very much the evolution of the EU framework that's pushing for uh, a new overall strategy for uh, sustainable tourism, where is one of the first time we see clearly mentioned the link with the circular economy. We pretty much welcome this link because it means that several layers of stakeholders have to be involved to boost for sustainable tourism, that we have to deal with uh, the supply of climate natural products, uh, clean energy, uh, chemicals, and single-use plastics. We need to improve uh, uh, energy efficiency, wastewater recycling process, and reducing waste, preventing even more than recycling. And those are all factors that implies involvement of different levels of stakeholders. Uh, last point about EU enabling framework is that we don't have to look only on regulation that impact directly on tourism, but also overall legislation uh, will clearly have a direct impact on tourism. I would mention we have not so much time, so we are not going through the farm to fork strategy, but the single-use plastic is a good example because uh, it will give to uh, national authorities and indirectly to regional and uh, local ones the power to enact tools to prevent plastic, single-use plastic consumption in uh, uh, for all the tourism sector. And we know that plastics together with organics, and this was one of the key lessons learned through Blue Island, they are one of the uh, key impacts in terms of uh, uh, waste and material resources consumption of tourism. 
One last point about EU enabling frameworks is uh, the key question is, uh, will we make them work? Yeah, those are, uh, sorry, they are all in Italian, but they impress me a lot because this is a part of the press release we have two days ago from the uh, Italian government and key industry stakeholders about the reception in Italy of the single-use plastic. And uh, we can already understand that it won't be a smooth and easy transitioning because we are starting to uh, have a uh, some resistance uh, with uh, more or less uh, uh, reasoned approaches and it is a bit impressive how uh, we it's hard to find a constructive approach but rather uh, really the defense of an old system. Uh, going back, going uh, towards uh, SUR plus angles, so uh, local and regional authorities, uh, why we advocate for valorization of their roles, because they are the one with the direct access to political hier hierarchies, they are the one in direct constant interaction with different levels of stakeholders, including SMEs and uh, citizens, they, they are the one with uh, a third party role to broker between different interests, and because they have and they can enable different tools that can facilitate an obligate framework for sustainability also in uh, tourism from fiscal systems to green public procurement, awareness raising campaign, reuse centers, uh, eco parks and subsidies to sustainable SMEs. The list is not exhaustive but I wanted just to focus on this concept. And to better focus on this compact concept, let's shortly go through two examples. One I'm stealing probably from uh, Manuela presentation that will come next, but it's a very good practice coming from uh, Regione Sardegna. And uh, I like this very much because it shows how the impact of the interaction of different level of local administration can, good, can lead to sustainability. Uh, in short words, uh, uh, we, we are having a regional system uh, giving incentives incentives uh, to municipality uh, with good rates of differentiated collection. This is having a, a very uh, good impact also on tourism. Uh, uh, and on uh, municipalities hosting tourism activity, the small municipality of Tortoli in Sardinia, through this bonus malus system, reached impressive levels of differentiated collection and uh, enacted an extensive door-to-door -door system uh, uh, collection of waste, also through these incentive uh, uh, schemes. So fiscal elements are one of the key part of the enabling frameworks that can be enacted uh, by local authorities, but they are not the only one. And uh, I mean, these are we are taking an example for Croatia from Kirk. Uh, both the examples are coming from Blue Island Partners anyway. Uh, where the uh, effort, the local efforts wasn't only on uh, fiscality, but was on engaging uh, BMBs and all uh, the small tourism operators uh, that are not rich, that are not easily uh, reachable through uh, normal policies. So with a huge extensive uh, information campaign addressing them, uh, providing uh, bins for uh, rented accommodation uh, and uh, pro providing and, and charging uh, local uh, 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 owners of rented accommodation to uh, inform tourists about the waste collection system and having transversally an overall very strong effort on through a communication campaign involving tourists, sailors and other tourism operators. 
going back to how we started developing this uh, lesson learned, so basically to uh, Blue Island Project, uh, uh, in a nutshell, it was involved, the Blue Island Project was involving 14 partners from eight countries. Uh, the, the key effort was to identify, address and mitigate the effects of seasonal variation of waste uh, in the Mediterranean island, three key phases of the project. One monitoring phase, so a very extensive study on uh, a waste characterization study on the Mediterranean island during the summer and during the low touristic season, uh, which we used to develop uh, pilot actions in uh, uh, of for waste prevention uh, in all the eight uh, islands, and then a transferring phase aimed at capital capitalization. Uh, so uh, an international campaign addressing tourists, the charter of commitments addressing uh, institution at uh, uh, local, regional, national and international level, uh, trying to mix all the tools together, starting from getting knowledge, uh, developing pilot actions uh, uh, on the, based on the knowledge learned, and then uh, capitalizing on uh, the pilot actions developed. What is happening after Blue Island project? This is quite common sense, uh, especially in the insular context in the Mediterranean. Uh, tourism sector is in crisis, is in total crisis. So the key efforts from regional authorities are often focusing on supporting financially SMEs. Um, but if you don't want to look only at downsides, many operators, especially medium and bigger ones, they are they had the time to reflect on why and how we improve environmental performances and also sustainable tourism trends like the seasonalization, short value chains. They, they are in line with an increased sensibility and attention among tourists. What we do, what can we do with this uh, awareness? Uh, let's try to follow up a bit, reshaping uh, intervention to support sustainable tourism. So even if we have a greater consensus towards ecological uh, transition, we have to link uh, financial support to SMEs with uh, sustainability of the tourism. So we need the targeted and the agile pol policies, and we need to provide in, uh, some right incentives to promote sustainability. Uh, one example we have, uh, and we are carrying on uh, right now, and I invite you to uh, get in touch with us through the uh, project website. This is the COSME, recently funded Co COSME project. We have, uh, again, Regione Sardegna probably will spend a few words about it because they are, uh, uh, again, partnered with us. Uh, but the principle here is about uh, uh, benchmarking uh, intervention to support as a means in reaching environmental performances through uh, technical assistance, training, and uh, uh, certification scheme. Uh, so trying to have really more agile, more decentralized and uh, policies uh, and trying to keep up the message that policies going towards sustainability needs to fit SMEs clothes because we are dealing with a sector which is in a, uh, in a huge crisis. And I tried to be as fast as possible. I hope I uh, was more or less in the 10 minutes given. It was amazing. It was very, yeah, it was a very good. Um, I have, uh, I have nonetheless uh, something I wanted to add. Uh, like the whole purpose of this meeting is to have um, a selected numbers of projects uh, 
broadcasted, no, showcased uh, to the world uh, with a very specific approach on uh, pollution and or waste management, water management, and something like that. And of course, this is the whole purpose of the Antarctic Med Sustainable Tourism Community. And of course, all these outputs, policy recommendations, are or will be available in the Sustainable, sustainable Tourism Community uh, portal. Um, I, I have another question. Both, both of your projects are working uh, on uh, fighting pollution through, through uh, tourism. Uh, and I wanted to know if you have uh, high hopes for the next uh, funding period for more projects uh, on this, uh, on, on, on this, uh, on this um, matters or if you think uh, we're going to have to keep fighting. But more than a high, higher amount uh, uh, of fundings, uh, our hopes are on more integrated fundings, uh, because the principle should be uh, not only to advocate for specific funding, at least from our perspective uh, as a network of local authorities, not only to advocate for uh, uh, higher fundings on tourism, but to uh, advocate for a higher integration of funding on sustainable tourism in different policies. And we strong, we are strongly convinced that um, in touristic areas, uh, tourism should be uh, directly integrated in uh, circular economy. Uh, regional strategies, uh, as well as uh, in uh, uh, structural funds and we are seeing somehow this because we uh, the bases are set when we see that uh, uh, circular economy and green growth are uh, highly integrated also in the European in the next European social fund uh, programming period. Uh, now the point is on advocating how especially in touristic areas uh, these funds can be articulated uh, uh, and spent to have a real impact on uh, tourism stakeholders. And I believe the best way to do it is to come to ACR Plus for uh, some advice. It would help. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, uh, Francesco. I don't think we have uh, more questions. We can skip to the next uh, speaker. How are you doing, Head? All good. Thanks, Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, as well as being EU Green Week, it's also the UN World Bicycle Day today, some of you might know. So it seems perfect, perfect fit for me to give a presentation on cycle tourism. Yes, uh, Ed Lancaster is from the European Cyclist Federation and representing the um, project Med Cycle Tour, but he's going to talk about it uh, more extensively than me. So yes, I'm going to be talking about um, Eurovelo 8, the Mediterranean cycle route, and also we had a particular project that focused on that route. Uh, I'll start by introducing a little bit about who we are and also what Eurovelo is, for those who aren't familiar with that, that before, then talk about the be overall benefits of cyclotourism, particularly in the context of uh, the, the presentations today in terms of the impact of ways of reducing pollution. I'll then explain what we did in the frame of that project, and then I'll leave some takeaways for you to, uh, to go back home with uh, at the end of the, the presentation. So very briefly, European Cyclist Federation is the umbrella body representing all the national and regional cycling organizations across Europe, founded back in 1983, and we have 60 members in over 40 different countries now, and we promote cycling as a sustainable and healthy means of transportation and for leisure, and we're harnessing the, the growing power of the European cycling movements to try and effect a change in, in all of our lives. One of the ways we do that is through developing a European cycle route network, which we call Eurovelo, 
It's a network of 17 long-distance routes, uh, which pass through 40 different countries. It's the largest cycle route network of its kind in the world, and when complete, it will total over 90,000 kilometers. Uh, according to a study undertaken by the European Parliament, uh, it will end, when finally complete, it will total over 60 million trips each year on this network, generating 7 billion euros in uh, revenue. Wherever possible, it's based on existing national and regional cycling systems. So we're trying to connect those wherever they exist. Of course, in some countries, we're not there yet. So we're help working with uh, partners to develop the cycle routes in those countries. And the other thing to, I think, emphasize at the beginning is it's, it's not... We're not don't see many people cycling entire Eurovelo routes in one go. Our longest one is over 10,000 kilometers. So you need quite a bit of time to cycle that. Far more common is people will cycle for a week or a weekend or in the evening. And if you break it down, these routes are going through towns and cities and communities. So it can be used for mobility as well. It's not just a tourism tool. Switching to cycle tourism, I know the, the last year or so has been very difficult for the, the tourism sector as a whole. Actually, in terms of cycle tourism, the, the numbers are going up. This is a trend that predated the COVID pandemic. More and more people are doing cycle tourism. But in fact, we've seen the numbers increase even further the last 18 months. On the Eurovelo network, uh, comparing the first five months of the year compared to um, the first five months of 2019, the last normal year, if you like, the, the figures are a 16% increase on weekends, 3% increase on weekdays, which I think is partly reflecting the fact that a lot of people aren't working and uh, aren't commuting into their offices at the moment, and a 6% increase in total. So significantly more people are out cycling uh, on the routes. It, it, it also is connected to the fact that cycle tourism itself is diversifying and it appeals to a much broader range of target groups now. I think many people in their mind have a perception of what a cycle tourist is, maybe someone that cycles for three months, uh, cycles the entire Eurovelo route. But in fact, we now see people doing leisure cycling in the evenings, uh, city centre. There's not many city centres in Europe which don't have these tour guides cycling people around the city centres. Uh, the rise of e-bikes uh, means that far a more broader range of people can take up cycle tourism. So older people, younger people, diverse uh, groups. It doesn't all have to be uh, people of a similar kind of fitness have to be out cycling together. You can have a variety of uh, different types of abilities. And uh, family groups as well, things like people going out with trailers. So it's appealing to a broad range of people. In terms of the benefits, well, it's one of the most sustainable and healthiest kinds of tourism. You're obviously out exercising when you're, you're out cycling on the route. Um, it can reduce the carbon footprint of tour tourists and thereby help reduce these dark decarbonisation goals which have been set on international, national and even sometimes regional and local levels. Uh, as I say, it appeals to a wide range of uh, ages, abilities, and, and also budgets. People not so much, but also increasingly with people with significant budgets, buying expensive bikes, going out, staying in, in nice hotels, and treating themselves after a hard day uh, in the saddle. It spreads tourism to new areas and helps to ease with some of these topics about over-tourism that have risen up over the last few years in popular hotspots, and thereby can help reduce pollution uh, locally in these locations. If you can combine it with train travel, but also long distance coaches, then it can reduce uh, the pollution impact even more. If you take your bike onto the train and travel down to the destination and then come back by train as well, the impact is obviously reduced significantly. It's important to say if, you, if a local authority is investing in cycling infrastructure, it can benefit both tourists, but also the local communities as well. They can also use that cycling infrastructure, so it benefits local communities. It supports primarily SMEs, small and medium enterprises are working in this sector. Uh, and we believe it's got much more potential to grow even further. 
so we that's why we're we're really promoting uh cycle tourism and in particular in the mediterranean region which leads us to the the med cycle tour project which finished last year uh the the aim of that project was to use the eurovelo 8 uh, which is one of the eurovelo routes related to eurovelo uh, the mediterranean area as a tool to influence regional and national policies in favor of sustainable and responsible tourism, providing a transnational solutions in coastal areas across the Mediterranean. So it had a budget of 2.5 million and it was a 36 month project with 10 partners from seven different countries. This is the Eurovelo 8, the Mediterranean route starts over in Cadiz uh, on the west hand side, ends in Cyprus on the, the eastern Mediterranean, in total 7,500 kilometers, and as I say, go through 10 different countries. One of the first things we did was do an analysis of the, the route. Um, so what, what's there in terms of infrastructure at the moment? And the results were actually more positive than perhaps some were expecting, particularly some of the, the local partners. So this is the type of infrastructure was there. You can see 3% is traffic free, 18% on cycle paths, 36% of the route is on very low traffic. Of course, there are some areas where the route is on very high traffic, high traffic areas. These are the ones we should be focusing on improving. But I think the overall message was actually quite a lot of infrastructure is already there, enough to already go out there and start promoting this. Or similar, similar story in terms of the quality of the surface. Also important for cyclists, those of you who've been out cycling will know the importance of having a nice smooth surface uh, compared to badly rideable, moderately rideable. Based on that survey, the current status, we then tried to estimate the costs of bringing that entire route up to the, the required level. So you can see a significant emphasis on needed on in terms of infrastructure, but also improvements to supporting services, hotels, restaurants, public transport connections, uh, promotion, and also the organizational aspect as, as well. These are some of the, the testing project results. So some pilot projects for installing signs and also some counters to monitor how many people are going on the routes. Websites were developed, common public communication plans, corporate design, some shuttle systems. So connecting people traveling along the route, they could take their luggage from one end of the route to the other. This is a nice handbook we produced for uh, people wanting to cycle the route. The, the other part of the project was looking at catalyzing uh, actions. So there we had a list of policy recommendations for public authorities along the, the on the, along the route as recommendations for what they could do to increase cycle tourism. We had a charter for sustainable and responsible cycle tourism in the med area. So we still that's still open. So if you if you want to click on that, we can provide the links. You can sign up to that charter. We had an impact assessment report. What's the impact of the the measures we we'd introduced in the project? And then we had. And this is an important point. When the project EU project came to an end last year, we then agreed as a consortium to carry on working together, and we had established a long a long term management agreement. So this this consortium continues to work, even though the EU project is finished and the EU funding's finished. We're now working together to continue on some of the actions and activities on the transnational level. So there's the the, the charter we produce that's available on our website, as I say, and this is the the long term management agreement. So just to end on some takeaways for you, for what, what you could be doing if you're listening there, saying how you could get involved. Well, so first and foremost, support measures to develop cycling tourism in your region. How you can do that through signing up to the charter, as I say, we can give you the links to do that. Implementing the policy recommendations uh, for, in your area. Joining the long-term long management agreement doesn't cover the entire route. So the Eurovelo, the Eurovelo 8 is uh, 7,500 kilometers, as I say. 
We don't have a uh, representative in every country yet, so we would like to hear from national and regional partners that potentially would like to get involved in that collab transnational collaboration to promote the route going forward. Apply to for using EU funds. Um, Christine already mentioned it in her introduction. Now's a, a pivotal moment in terms of EU funds, both in terms of the recovery and resilience facility. I mean, a lot of those have been agreed, but actually many of them include measures uh, that could that could incorporate cycle tourism. Uh, but also in terms of the general uh, regional funds going forward, just at the start of this new programming period, the next seven years. So you can, there should be opportunities for including cycle tourism measures as part of that. Come along, we have a, a, a conference hopefully taking place in Barcelona this year. Things seem to be going in the right direction. We can do physical events again. So come along in October to the Eurovelo and Cycling Tourism Conference. It's the largest event of its kind in Europe. And then finally, away from work, I know we all join these Zoom meetings with our our work hat on, but also we could all go on cycle tourism trips this, this summer. So do think about that as an option, either exploring the, the, your local neighborhood or traveling a bit further for taking your bike on, uh, on a train and exploring somewhere new. So uh, lots of ideas and inspiration for you to help develop cycle tourism further in the, the med area. Thank you very much, Head. Uh, it was it's always a pleasure to hear from you. I have a question because, as uh, the goal of this of this webinar is to show uh, some outputs and, and uh, policy recommendations from um, uh, different projects of the Interregmed, but I want to hear a bit about methodology sometimes because it's very interesting, and I want to know how do you uh, convince people to stay to keep working on the on a common goal after the, uh, the 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 funding how do how do you convince new uh, new uh, new regions to join or uh, how does it get funded and uh, what is uh, the, the drive behind it yeah it's a good point so the inspiration for that was going back many years we had several interreg projects related to to Eurovelo routes uh, so for example the the north sea cycle route Eurovelo 12 was one of the first that had a, an interreg project related to that what we saw was at the end of that project when it came to an end there was a lot of good intentions agreement we should carry on working on these things and that did happen for a while but gradually over time maybe changes in personnel in the organizations involved gradually the 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 measures that were introduced as part of that project started to fall to one side. So maybe the website wasn't kept up to date, for et cetera. And you know, things like we know in the tourism sector, if you don't think, keep things up to date and accurate and appealing, then they soon fall out of date and people stop using them. So that, that was the motivation was to try and avoid that scenario happening again, that once the EU funding runs out, that gradually the motivation to continue collaborating uh, drops over time. So that's why we started to establish these, what we call long-term management agreements. The first one was actually developed related to the Rhine cycle route, Eurovelo 15. Again, it's a very similar scenario. We had a, an interreg project related to that route, lots of good actions developed in that. And the partnership were very keen and enthusiastic to continue working beyond that. And so we agreed that it's, it's a process. You have to agree what actions you want to continue working on because maybe it's not necessarily everything that was in the project. Maybe it's some new things that weren't in the project. So as a consortium, you have to agree what you want to focus on transnationally going forward. And uh, yeah, that was the model that we're now sort of applying to, to other routes. And Eurovelo 8 is one of the first we've done that. What's interesting in this scenario is, as I say, we, we didn't have complete coverage of the route. It's a, it's a very long route, it's 7,500 kilometers. So it's perhaps not surprising we didn't have a partner from everyone. Uh, but we have, since the project ended, we have added some, some of the partners have joined that weren't in that original project. 
So I think if you can sell the benefits of that original collaboration, the benefits of continu continuing to collaborate, then there's there's every reason for um, for that continuing and others joining as you go forward. What's interesting with your evaluators, we, we first had a Cosme project related to that. So as I'm sure many people listening will be familiar, relatively small scale project, uh, 300,000 approximately. We then developed that into this uh, med program uh, project with a much bigger project, 2.5 million. But as a result of that, the investments are being made in cycle tourism across the Mediterranean are many times bigger than that. So we've been able to use these EU projects really to develop and improve cycle tourism across this area um, as sort of a, a, string, a springboard for encouraging further investments to be made. Related to the theme of this uh, EU Green Week, which, was, which is uh, zero pollution, uh, do you think uh, cycle tourism... Um, which uh, in itself, it's a kind of uh, a tricky because it's uh, between mobility and leisure. And, uh, and sometimes it's hard, I, I guess it's hard to compete against a long distance uh, travel means like train or planes. Uh, but uh, do you think cycle tourism have, have, a, have, have, a, have a good message to say about uh, a greener tourism? Yes, for sure. I mean, I hope I had a few slides there showing as we see the benefits, particularly in terms of pollution. I mean, as you say, on longer distances, not, not many people have the time to cycle long distances across Europe. So I think if it's more the com combining it with public transport. So making a realistic opportunity, a, realist, a realistic alternative to jumping in a plane, for example, taking, making it as easy as possible for people to cycle to their local train station, take their train to a, a destination further away. And I mean, the, the beauty of the train is that you could also potentially come back from a completely different destination. So you don't necessarily have to return to the same spot. You can catch the train back from a different location. So you can take a nice five or two week journey along a, a cycle route such as Eurovelo 8 and return from a different destination. I think that's, if we can, there's, anyone that's tried to do that will know there's some details that need to be uh, improved across Europe, but it's getting, the picture is getting better. Train companies are making provisions to provide more spaces for cyclists. It's easier to book tickets, things like that. So the, the situation is getting better and I think more people will be encouraged to do that. Thank you very much. I hope uh, you plan to uh, go on at least one of the Eurovelo route this summer. For sure, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, we will keep you updated. If you want any information about ECF, you can go to their website, of course. Uh, they will be uh, happy to answer to your question. Thank you yes. very much, Head. Okay, I'll stop sharing. Thanks. We are going now to Arnaud from the EU Center, the UCN Center for Mediterranean Cooperation, if I remember correctly. Um, how are you doing? Hi, hello. Nice to, to, to see you, everyone. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Arnaud. You working, uh, like I said, for IUCN, uh, which is related to uh, the Destimate Plus Interimed project, but way more than that. So uh, we're going to have a, a good uh, opportunity to discover this. Uh, the floor is yours. Thanks, Nextor, for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so as Thomas was mentioning, I'm speaking from Malaga, southern Spain, uh, at the IUCN Mediterranean Center. Uh, and I will be talking to by, from two initiatives that we have, uh, you know, but we care a lot for them that are the Destimate Plus project that is part of the sustainable tourism community. Uh, and one of the, let's say, results of the previous, of a previous project called Destimate is a mid-network that is also capitalizing on previous projects. 
Uh, just to mention, I was in Cabo de Gato recently and I could see the Eurovelo 8. So the signs are there uh, just for, for your information. And I, I will try and reflect on how the approach of, let's say, the, the mid-network estimate plus for product development in ecotourism is considering issues around pollution and, and resource efficiency. Um, so hopefully it's useful and it fits well with um, with the content of this uh, week's objectives. Uh, sorry for the ones that knows quite well the project and meet, but I'm gonna start with a, a quick introduction to, to set the stage and, and make sure that everything has a, the right context. So as some of you may know, uh, MIT is mainly involved in, in offering a model for protected areas to develop ecotourism. Uh, with this premise of you know, ensuring the objective of conservation of the protected area, but also, in, also ensuring um, that the products are commercially viable and it kind of like are well embedded into wider you know, tourism policies in terms of the, the institutionalization, or distribution of uh, tourism flows or, or other policy objectives. And we think uh, strongly that protected areas that they have like clear management systems can be good labs for sustainable tourism development and, and you know, testing tools and, and, and providing tools for, for the rest of the sector. Um, in a bit, uh, to understand a bit the, the timeline of where we are and where we're coming from. So, we have been working for the last seven years in, in this type of initiatives. Obviously, IUCN Med has been working in this topic for, for way longer, but in the context of the Mediterranean, have been working for seven years with three projects and uh, shifting the, the focus from more focus on product and planning to the management uh, systems for ecotourism, all the standards and monitoring systems. And now we are strongly focused in Destinate Plus in, in the policy side and the promotion side. Um, so I was mentioning uh, about the mid-network. Uh, so mid-network is basically one of an initiative to capitalize on, on this project. So it's uh, an organization uh, created uh, in 2018. And it's trying to kind of ensure that all the results continue over time, just to have a quick overview on the institutions involved. So main, uh, the, the mid-network was founded by UCN, Medpan, and Chubius Reserve. Uh, and currently in Destiny Plus, we're working with several regional partners across the Met, uh, and also some technical partners as WLUF or University of BIC. And we have worked in already many places. Uh, some of them are ongoing through the Estimate Plus, some of them are ongoing through the mid-network that you can see here in yellow, and some other have been pilot sites in previous projects that at the moment there is no, no relationship, but that, that there have been some testing and some activities happening there. So there is already quite a lot of learning and, and, and experiences from, from this process. And what uh, the way we approach uh, ecotourism development in protected areas is basically based in, in four steps or four building blocks. Um, the first one here in green is uh, related about the, the local governance. So it's how about to bring together public and private actors to, to work together in tourism development ensure that there is engagement of the civil society. Um, the second building block is around structuring the offer in the, in the destination and making sure it's commercially viable, but also it reflects on the conservation values and the history of the protected area. And here is about uh, a tour packaging several components, activities, accommodation, food and drinks, mode of transport. 
And what is more relevant for today, it's this third building block in, in red. It's measuring sustainability and quality. So we have put a lot of effort in having a standard and some tools to ensure that uh, sustainability is measured. And this includes several aspects from the governance in destination, conservation, but also about socioeconomic impact and uh, the ecological footprint that is mainly the focus for, for today's presentation. And finally, not that related for, for the content of this presentation, but something that we are now especially uh, trying to do is uh, making sure that there is a system for all these uh, products and all these offered created in, in the destination has a, a clear access to market and, and we support that through B2B distribution uh, through the mid network. Um, so now I'm going to focus mainly on the third building block, the, the one the, on the bottom right about measuring sustainability and quality. And how we do that is basically through two tools uh, developed in the project. Uh, one is the, the ecotourism standard that basically is a set of criteria and indicators uh, based on these different uh, components that we saw in, in the previous slide. And also um, online tools that allows to, you know, uh, provide the data to then um, uh, assess it against the, the standards. So at the moment, there is an ecological footprint calculator, but we are working in some other tools in Destimate Plus. Then there is obviously some other tools for implementation. There is a manual. There is a, an online training platform. And, and as we were seeing before, so basically for measuring sustainability and quality, we have this standard on the right side. You can see a, a a work in progress version. So it, it tackles several several components of sustainability. And we use that for product development. So uh, we will see now in, in a couple of minutes how this standard is helping in a way to make decisions at the local level about how to you know, ensure that the tourism offer uh, has a low footprint and good environmental performance. So this will be like one of the key steps. The second one is these uh, online uh, tools. So as I was mentioning, there is an ecological footprint calculator. You can see it on the, on the left side. Uh, that is basically a web application that you input uh, with all the resources that are being used in, in, the, in the ecotourism package. And then you, you get uh, a result with the, the footprint of this package and then you can disaggregate it by, by several criteria. And it basically it helps to track through time the performance of this packet, so you can see how it's reducing its footprint or increasing. And just to give you kind of a, a, um, a sneak peek of uh, another tool that we are working at the moment, it's a social impact assessment tool that basically looking at in a similar way, but uh, around all the so so social aspects of the ecotourism package. Um, and then what it means in a way in practice. So just wanted to kind of illustrate what that means in practice. So let's say this is standard and the calculator help you make decisions around, for example, transport. So the, what the standard is saying and, and what the calculator kind of like push you to is to say, okay, let's prioritize transfer by bike or public transport or find ways to minimize the, the distance traveled by the, the travels in the destination or ways to optimize the routes and the way the activities are laid out in the itinerary. Obviously, the issue of uh, you know long haul flights and the flights to the start point of the package are kind of like a separate discussion, but we are also working on that at the moment. And you know, a cool example, for example, of something that is ongoing at the moment, and also a Sardinian example, <laughs> by the way, uh, it's in Porto Conte, for example. They are developing a multi-day tour 
only using bikes. I find it like quite, uh, quite interesting. So like the bikes pick you up in the airport, take you back to the airport, and that's the only way that you enjoy the tour. And I think it can it can be a way more for awareness in a way than uh, anything. But I think it can be a kind of interesting um, example. Another one is around food and drinks. So the calculator and the standards, uh, in a way, push for for, the dash, for the, reducing the amount of food provided or the footprint of the types of food that are being offered, the sourcing of the food, and obviously that has an impact on the food waste generated. Another example, for example, of a, uh, an ongoing work in Destiny Plus is in the in Garrocha in, in Catalonia. That, for example, like one of the meals provided, it's a non-packaged locally served picnic that is actually delivered by an electric van. So that could be like the type of uh, you know activity that can be kind of a, of a best example or gold standard in a way for for these type of activities. Um, obviously, this also like covers activities and accommodation. Uh, you know, obviously issues around you know activities of providing activities that have non-motorized uh, type of activities or non-consumptive. That you know also like that influence uh, tourism behavior to minimize waste and and and, and pollution at the local level. At accommodation, obviously, issues around certification, resource efficiency, measuring the the footprint of a of the tourist, and and how this and how the eco, ecological footprint reflects the different practices taken by the by the accommodation provider. So this to give you a bit of look at how in practice uh, these tools can help uh, uh, destinations in a way to 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 minimize their their ecological footprint and and improve their practices, and obviously it's helping to to reduce uh, pollution. Um, I don't think we have time. I have prepared three slides more about focus about the, the ecological footprint and the methodology around it. I think there is plenty of resources if people is interested to to have a look at them at the end. But this is just to give you a glimpse of how the calculator works, what the ecological footprint is, uh, what type of results it gives you, and also how we can use that then at the destination level to make decisions and monitor performance over time. Um, and also I put a slide that uh, you can see about an example, for example, in Samaria and in Greece about how using the calculator has helped a bit all the, all the, the food uh, offering in, in the package to minimize its ecological footprint through several actions. Uh, so yeah, so that was a, a look at how the, the meat approach can help for, for reducing pollution. Um, and now here, finally, there's just a few tools for people interested. So there is a, a manual and the standard is here. In, uh, it's available online. There is online training that actually have a section on uh, measuring the ecological footprint. There is also a paper that was published uh, at the end of Destimed about the, this methodology and how it is implemented for, for ecotourism package that also you can have a look. Um, and yeah, that is finally like an invitation as Ed that I did for to cycle. Uh, we invite you in a way for this summer to try and enjoy sustainable experiences in, in, in parks that they have been suffering quite a lot of pressure from tourism this summer, but maybe uh, there is ways to explore natural areas uh, in a meaningful way that uh, doesn't contribute to overcrowding. So hopefully you can do it this summer. And then here another set of, uh, you know, uh, links and, and resources for you and obviously uh, you can check the project website, the mid-network website and you can write to us uh, in case you have any questions uh, and here are social media we try to keep it quite active in case you want to know more and, and, and keep track of our activities and that's it, thanks a lot
Thank you, Arno. I want to give you the opportunity to come back a few slides. Uh, the one you, you you went uh, very fast because, uh, as you know, uh, in Nextor we are very interested in in, in data, and uh, and uh, and um, we want about like I was curious about how the the calculator works, so that I'm uh, I'm I'm very sad you went very fast on it because. Um, I wanted to know how it's uh, the, the the data is gathered. I I, I get I get that it's probably a self uh, uh, on a voluntary basis. Tourists and, and and travelers can can fill the the, the calculators themselves. But are you planning to work with public or private uh, um, data as well at some point? Yeah. So. So yeah, the calculator was developed by by Global Footprint Network. It's a, a, an organization focused on on this methodology. Um, it's a web app uh, that is uh, publicly available uh, at this uh, URL. Um, the way it works, it mainly um, inputs data about, um, as I was saying, in with these four categories: so accommodation, food and drinks, and mobility and transport, activities and services basically inputs um, what type of practices are being carried out in the, by the supplier. And so the data is obtained by the, by the different suppliers in a, in a package, which type of practices they use. And then uh, some quantitative measures, let's say, for example, if you are enjoying a menu, like how much products are being used, which type of uh, appliances they have, uh, how many time it, took, it takes to, to prepare it, how many people is involved, Etc. Etc. So, it has a quite a, a, a granular, quite a, a specific uh, figure, and um, there is no colleague from GFN today attending, and, and they can give you more more insight. But that, that's a bit the, the whole point of it: is that providing not only kind of an adherence to certain practices, but the fact of trying to kind of provide a, a numerical value. Uh, can become a way to kind of incentivize people to kind of, you know, in a, kind of like in a gamified way, not just to, to find ways to reduce it, see where it is coming from and have a kind of a more uh, granular understanding of how the practices translate uh, quantitatively. So that's a bit the, the system. When you mentioned about public and private data, I wasn't sure about what you mentioned, but yeah, basically the data sources are the suppliers of the package. So generally are private businesses that their incentive to write the data is to be part of the of the offer of the tour operator. So obviously the tour operator that is there needs to be engaged and there needs to be a, a commercial incentive of being able to be mid-branded in a way to, to do this effort because obviously it takes time. Thank you very much. And uh, I think uh, Raume has a very good question and he wants to know if he could be, ap he could be applied or translated into urban tourism and it's from uh, the Comunidad uh, Valenciana. Sorry. Yeah, um, I think that the way it's kind of like a, a really technical one that uh, I'm not equipped to 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 ascertain uh, with uh, you know 100% uh, secure. But yeah, it can be applied. But um, some of the parameters probably need to be calibrated, and maybe some of the activities, for example, for instance, that could be included in urban tourism, maybe the calculator is not ready to host them. So let's say probably. An hotel or a food provider, uh, urban one, could do it, but I think it would be more tricky for other activities that are done in a urban setting that are not part of ecotourism. So they probably are not set up in the calculator at the moment. But it's something that we have been working and we're trying to kind of like see, uh, you know, how it can be transferred and and applied in different ways. In a way, also like just maybe just for some 
specific sectors, not just as a kind of a package tour, but it can be used uh, one specific sector or category. Like we said, uh, Destinate Plus is uh, uh, mostly about ecotourism and um, specific uh, pilot projects uh, in the Mediterranean in around uh, natural um, points. And I think the next the next speaker is a good example of, of uh, how, how uh, Decimal Plus works because um, Emanuela works uh, also in the same project, if I remember correctly. And she is from uh, Regione uh, Sardinia. And uh, um, if I, I never remember quite the, the long uh, title of uh, your uh, um, your uh, department, but it's uh, about sustainability, if I understand correctly. And I think you are going to explain uh, very way much better than, than me. So uh, hello, Emanuela. Uh, happy to see you. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Thomas, for your presentation. So it's going to be very easy to speak after now because uh, now you already know about the estimate. And so I can share with you our experience as a, as a, as a region, uh, really, um, so it's uh, really a project that is going on since a long time. We know each other since a long time. Uh, and uh, here it's not the case that there are also among the participants, our colleagues that uh, work with us, uh, building step-by-step -step, uh, these uh, activities we are uh, we achieved and we are keep on going. Uh, now we are very focused, for example, on the socioeconomic activity. But... Uh, mm, just about uh, because uh, we are here to speak about some practical things. Uh, uh, you were asking for the calculator, Thomas, and before you asked for uh, a very interesting question, which is uh, the question. <laughs> I mean, how can we keep on working on uh, on our territories when projects uh, are ending up? So our role as regions is to try to understand uh, it, building a really, a really deep, deeply strategical approach, which is not uh, going to uh, start and end uh, uh, through this project, but which is uh, really the path we are going to, 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 to live on. Uh, and uh, the projects are uh, really a, a good opportunity to learn, to, to, to put in practical, to, to make some experiment. And for example, uh, the calculator of the estimate, uh, it's not only a way to understand how our packages are impacting, but it's really something that is helping us to plan, to organize, because we can use it while we are tailoring our package. And in the case of the region, we can really use it to understand what does it mean to promote local food? What does it mean to promote organic agriculture or, for example, aquaculture or whatever linked to climate change, for example, because through these really practical tools that Destimate is developing, we are um, able now to show uh, in a very direct way to our stakeholders, speaking about private and public stakeholders, how we can really, with numbers, so calculating how we can really drive our region through a sustainable development and uh, uh, to an ecotourism, a sustainable tourism. So, we are now um, really using, particularly using the STIMED uh, as a project that is supporting us uh, uh, within the framework of the uh, sustainable uh, development regional strategy. And uh, uh, right now we are working uh, within the forum, which is involving all the stakeholders, including the civil society. 
So of course, our uh, our um, our um, strategy is starting from the agenda 2030, downscaling uh, all the sustainable development goals at national level because we have a national strategy for uh, sustainable development at regional level. And right now, we are starting some activities with the territory, so involving them, starting from. Uh, uh, some workshop uh, roundtables uh, within what we call the forum. We're doing it uh, in, a, um, in a way that is uh, really linked, of course, to all the projects that are going on in Sardinia and uh, in Italy, in Europe, and around the world. Of course, involving uh, uh, all the activity plans that we already have, for example, the one on the uh, climate change adaptation, but also involving all the university and every kind of actor which is working on sustainable development right now, because uh, it's it's a. Uh, it's uh, everything is connected. It's uh, something we cannot avoid. And uh, the real big uh, uh, revolution of the agenda 2030 is that is making it easy to understand because it's very difficult to work uh, in different uh, areas uh, of different topics uh, when you don't have a common language. So that's why these projects on sustainable tourism, this event is a good example, but the one we saw before presented by Ed and, and Francesco are as well very interesting because we cannot speak about sustainable mobility and well-being, for example. We cannot speak about uh, uh, climate change and not speak about how we are moving around our territory. So within these projects, we can see that everything is connected and we can really work on experimenting something different, something new, knowing that the base, of course, is the conservation of the biosphere, something we are used to forget, but this is really the base. And that's why also the calculator of the cement is based on the biocapacity of, of course, of our, 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 our environment. So, uh, of course, uh, building our regional strategy for sustainable development, we are going to work on some indicators. For example, here you can see the, the spiral that is comparing uh, the performance of Sardinia to, uh, to uh, the Italian one. But it's also very important to understand and to connect all the, uh, all the plans we already have, like the, 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 the strategy for climate change. So that's something we are working on and going now to describe quickly, we only have 10 minutes, but just to understand that uh, the way we are trying to uh, consider that everything is connected and how we are trying to work uh, and uh, uh, take advantage of all the possibility of the chance that uh, the, the EU, the Agenda 2030, and all these projects are offering to us. For example, we work of also trying to calculate the contribution of the uh, regional operational program to, um, to the Agenda 2030. So what we are trying to do is to really understand what do we need as a region, as Sardinia, a region in the middle of Mediterranean to make sustainable development really happening. So that's why I'm going through all these uh, many different plans, for example, that we already have in the region. And the, uh, the mainstreaming process is, of course, the first step that we have to do. 
when I speak about process, I speak about something that needs really to involve all the stakeholders because we need to understand each other. It's very important to involve people, to make everybody experimenting uh, the, the sustainability opportunities. And that's why we did it, uh, trying to track to track on new routes, involving, of course, all the aspects which are, as usual, the economic, the environmental, the institutional aspect, and above all, of course, the governance. We did it through uh, some um, practical activities, really involving uh, all the stakeholders through some uh, um, action research tools, uh, uh, trying to climb uh, all the uh, ladder of the participation. I'm, I'm just wondering, you can see the bar, right, of Zoom. Is there any way to hide it? We can, no, no, we can see, uh, uh, no, no, we, we, we can only see your presentation, it's perfect. Okay, so we're really trying to uh, climb the, the ladder of participation because we are really aiming to create uh, an opportunity of empowering our stakeholders. When I say our stakeholders, of course, are the citizens of Sardinia, all the entrepreneurs, but also all the partners that are working with us within the Mediterranean, within Europe, and the Agenda 2030, of course, is involving 193 countries. So. We really are working in order to better understand, to experiment, but above all, to involve all the stakeholders in a path that is aiming to empower people. Because if we're not aware of our um, environment, our chances, our opportunities, it's very difficult to work on sustainability and to make it becoming true. So uh, speaking about uh, our forum, we decided to just follow the, um, the main priorities of the cohesion policy. So that's why we are working within five uh, uh, working groups. This is in Italian, but you can see they are just uh, you know, smarter, greener, and more connected and more social and more closer to citizen Europe. And we translated it just in Sardinia because we are really trying to do a a cross integration among all the opportunities and the cohesion policy is one of them that we have. We did it uh, and we are doing it through a roadmap, which is very intense. We are very, very, very tired, but also happy that it really involved before uh, at the beginning. So last year, above all during the lockdown, we worked a lot among our um, colleagues, the other officers of, of the regions. And uh, in March, we just launched our forum involving the regional institutions, the civil societies. And now, as you can see, in June, we are going to involve uh, directly all the, um, all the territories. So really downscaling the sustainable development goals. Of course, the network is the base and every kind of little step is important because uh, uh, for us, these are big numbers, not, not because of the number, but because we really can see all the people that are behind these numbers. And all these people are really contributing to write our sustainable development strategy. Right now, we have uh, published a preliminary document, which is uh, um, proposing uh, uh, 435 actions. Among them, of course, there are a lot that are linked also to uh, to the estimate. 
And of course, tourism is a key topic for us, for us because we are an island in the middle of Mediterranean, but also because uh, it's a, a really important topic worldwide. So we know that through tourism, we can uh, embrace uh, plenty of uh, goals in a very, uh, in a very uh, integrated, but also enjoyable way above all for the people that are experimenting uh, this way to work. And I'm speaking from the point of the offer and also of the demand of tourism. So uh, again, of course, we are in the framework of the Agenda 2030 and the World Tourism Organization, of course, as a platform specifically oriented to tourism for SDGs. We are really following all the activities that are working around us and really uh, downscaling it in our region. So we are learning by the best practices published everywhere. We are linking uh, with uh, our colleagues. And of course, we always have this question which is coming around. Above all now, with the COVID situation, uh, there is a temptation of, of going back to mass tourism, which is just inviting people to come here, not really planning. But for us, it's very important to be sure that tourism is really considering our activities nowadays in 2021, after all the activities and all the problems we are already, we have already created and we have to deal with. So we cannot forget that after COVID, of course, we have the reception, the climate change and the biodiversity collapse. So within our activities, we are trying to include everything, of course, in an enjoyable way, because we consider for example, the impact of climate change and, 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 and above all, we are considering the topic of the transport. And that's why Arnaud just told you that Porto Conte, for example, so our pilot action in Sardinia, is really looking at a mobility system based on bicycles because we need to understand that this way to move is possible. It can be enjoyable. Of course, as a region, we are called to really uh, work on a, sust a sustainable mobility. And through these uh, little actions, we are really going to show that this is possible. Of course, uh, there is an invisible burden of tourists, but nowadays we are aware. And that's why I'm speaking to you about the sustainable development strategy, because the reason a tourist destination that is not dealing as well with uh, solid waste, uh, uh, social capital, and this needs to be considered. That's why tourism has to be managed by all the region sector, not just with the, within the tourist department. Uh -huh. And here we are, back to the estimate, uh, which is really helping us to understand uh, how oh, we can do a better tourism, calculating it. And now in the, in the activities of uh, uh, really tailoring uh, this package, which, is, which will be tested at the end of June. So um, I really hope that you will have the chance also to maybe become a, test one, a tester one day and a tourist above all. A tourist above all, and uh, we decided all the activities with the park and uh, with uh, the stakeholder, the local stakeholder of this uh, uh, protected area, which is 
of course, amazing, fantastic, Mediterranean is incredible. And uh, it's really speaking about sustainability in a very integrated way, which is uh, really what we want to do starting for this part of action and spreading it all around the region. Because, uh, uh, and this is the last slide, uh, because uh, uh, the CIMED is aiming, uh, the CIMED Plus is aiming to realize as, uh, uh, an, ecotourism, an ecotourism strategy at regional level, but also at local level and at, at Mediterranean level. So together we are working because uh, we really want to, to, to draw a picture involving all the region in terms of Sardinia and all the region in terms of Mediterranean. Thank you, Emanuela. Uh, we are always very happy to have Sardinia uh, as a speaker because, of course, it's one of the next two regions. Um, and uh, we were almost, almost going to organize uh, our General Assembly there, but the pandemic happened and now we are very sad because we wouldn't be, we wouldn't, we, we, we would have been testers of, of all this wonderful activities but no it's a it's a it's a it's maybe a, another type but um i'm going to only ask one question uh, to to keep it short uh, i um we talked about uh, a lot about packages and and uh, and um, uh, providers of of uh, trips and but you talk about citizens and individual tourism and how do you um how do you use the tool developed uh uh, during Decimate Plus uh, to uh, the communication to the local uh, inhabitants who, who are uh, sometimes uh, very conflicted about tourism, especially in islands where it's the main, uh, indeed the main economical uh, development, but at the same time, it can also uh, bring a whole bunch of, tr uh, of trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, uh, conflicts are always uh, around the corner and we are also pushing conflicts because when you put uh, uh, multi-stakeholders, when you use a multi-stakeholder approach, you are really pushing uh, also this side, which is um, normal. I'm a sociologist, so of course <laughs> we know it in advance and uh, we can we can uh, we can manage it. So uh, the, the interesting thing of this event is uh, really really that it's very very practical. So, for example, in Porto Conte, we realized that uh, there were uh, a dinner or lunch, I don't remember, but I mean anyway, that was very heavy. The impact was very heavy, and this was because of tuna. They were offering for four kilos of tuna. So, because tuna is a huge biocapacity. We asked to the to, to the agritourism, which is producing a lot, which is working with fishermen. We uh, used this information to uh, involve the fishermen and to explain them that uh, tuna is a very good product. It's very interesting to use this kind of product. It's very good tasting, but uh, they can integrate this kind of fish with what we call poor fish, which is something that doesn't have a very high economic value. Within this project, we are involving, for example, fishermen, local citizens, and tourists to understand that uh, what we call poor fish is actually very tasty. It has a lower impact. So you can offer a plate, not just of tuna, but uh, also integrate with this. Also discovering traditional ancient receipts that are 
uh, going through, uh, it's typical in the Mediterranean ecotourism, which is the link between nature and culture. So thanks to data, which are elaborated by the Global Footprint Network, we are really achieving an interesting goal, which is from a side being aware and from the other side, putting value what is uh, already uh, in nature, but not very known. Nowadays, also by fishermen, because they are showing, mm -hmm. they're not really, um, they, they don't have, of course, the, the capacity to uh, promote in the market. Uh, now we are in a war where everybody is just for kind of fish. And tuna, salmon, you know, shrimps and, uh, and cod is asked everywhere. But we have the responsibility to put in value the richness of the biodiversity. And this project and tourism is an incredible window to understand, to discover something that then you can use in your daily life as a citizen once back home. Thank you very much, Emanuela. Uh, we have to uh, jump from one island to another. Uh, we were in Sardinia and now we are going to uh, Crete. Uh, what are you doing, Vasilis? Hello, Thomas. Uh, Hello. How are you? Hello, everybody. Yes, we are uh, now changing a project. We are going to Caswater. First of all, I would like to thank you for the invitation and give us uh, the opportunity to present uh, our project, the Caswater project. Uh, I am uh, Vasilis Vriyoch Faltakis, coming from the municipality of Rethymno, a small-sized municipality in, uh, situated in uh, the island of Crete, a municipality dedicated to sustainable development uh, since 2007. Uh, our main goal is uh, not only to be a sustainable, uh, a touristic destination, but also a sustainable destination. So coming to the project itself, uh, uh, the Catswater project is an ended project of Internet Med that has started in uh, November 2016 and finished uh, uh, on uh, the 31st of October 2019. Uh, uh, the project uh, overall uh, goal uh, was uh, objective was to support uh, tourism uh, towards sustainable water management uh, across uh, uh, the mid coastal areas uh, by improving uh, <clears throat> the water management uh, and the assessment of water use across the tourism sector. Uh, the consortium uh, was consisting of uh, 13 uh, partners from seven countries. Uh, two from Greece, three from Italy, three from Spain, two from Malta, Malta one Cyprus, one from France, and one from uh, Croatia. Uh, by the way, I would like to express uh, my uh, thanks to the whole consortium because we have an achievement of <clears throat> a total consumption of uh, around 90% of the original budget of the project. And... Uh, more and of course uh, we had a very very smooth uh, cooperation uh, now i will try to show you the key deliverables of the project first of all uh, it was a policy analysis poll report on sustainable water tour uh, <coughs> sustainable tourism water management in the countries of the partnership 
uh, we had created learning and knowledge resources uh, on sustainable tourism water management for public authorities. We have created an evaluation methodology on the public authorities' capacity to support tourism water sustainability. Uh, we have as, uh, assessed the sustainable tourism water management needs in the Paris partnership uh, touristic area. And we have created uh, some policy guidelines for optimizing the water management in uh, tourism policy. In any case, you can find all these deliverables in the deliverable database of the project uh, site. And of course, we have uh, created uh, the Cashwater online tool. Uh, this is the, uh, the scope of my presentation, that, uh, the online tool itself. Uh, first of all, uh, we have two parts for the tool. It's uh, a part for uh, the small to medium size enterprises and a part for the public authorities. In order to use the tool, first you have to sign up and then you can proceed by logging in. First of all, uh, uh, now I will try to show you uh, how this uh, work. Uh, the whole uh, tool uh, is uh, for the SMEs is based on a questionnaire. Uh, first of all, uh, you have uh, to uh, answer, uh, you have to answer in uh, four different sections. Uh, questions regarding the water saving technologies and strategic planning. Questions uh, regarding awareness raising and water consumption. Questions uh, uh, regarding the existing policy framework. And uh, the final uh, sector is questions regarding the water availability, the qu water quality, and environmental health. Uh, an important part of, uh, of uh, this uh, tool is uh, that you have uh, you, you are given uh, you are given uh, the possibility to don uh, download the questionnaire first in order to be able to work with it and uh, af after start uh, filling in the questions. Uh, the total estimation time for the questionnaire is approximately 10, time, uh, 10 minutes. And uh, the most important thing is uh, that uh, the tool give, uh, give uh, the owner of any enterprise to alter its response if he has, implement, has implemented a water management measure, to see its rating, and see also additional see some recommendation to improve uh, its water management uh, policy. Uh, so the results uh, for, uh, for, from the tool for SMEs can be shown in this page. Uh, the users that have successfully completed the questionnaire uh, get a score from in, a, in a, a zero to 100 scale. Uh, and this score uh, indicates their overall performance in sustainable water management. This score uh, 
is made from uh, the answers given to the uh, for, to in the four different uh, topics questions, and uh, they give an average. Uh, uh, the final score is the sum of the points received in the course of the questions included in each category. Each question has a different weight, uh, so. Uh, each question has a different weight, so certain questions contribute to the overall score more than others. The important thing is that uh, uh, when uh, you get your rating, you can see the, your final score, uh, wh where your uh, enterprises in is standing on country level, on region level, uh, and of course on a province level. Uh, Finally, uh, the owner of uh, an SME get recommendations in uh, improving the applied strategy regarding water management. This is a typical uh, uh, page from the tool, but as you can see, there is a uh, there is a special uh, the button uh, the the plus button where each uh, company can uh, see more uh, detailed measures to be taken. Now uh, I'm coming uh, uh, to the second part of uh, uh, the tool that uh, can be used uh, by the public, public authorities. Uh, the tool provides the public authorities with statistics on the current status of uh, water management sustainability uh, on uh, the SMEs uh, uh, that are situated in their area. The statistics can be presented by each NUTS level, either one, two, or three. Also, the tool can provide the result from the survey on policies evaluation by the touristic enterprises. So, each uh, public authority can enter either to see the self-assessment statistics or the policy monitoring statistics. Uh, a typical page for the statistics uh, is the one that we can see here. There are different kinds of filters that you can apply, but in any case, you can find where, uh, what is the situation of the enterprises situated in a specific area, in a specific country, region, uh, in a, for a specific type of establishment. And of course, you can see different data of, uh, of the SMEs contributed to get these results. Uh, here is a, <clears throat> a typical page taken for the policy recommendations uh, that you can get uh, from the tool. Each public authority uh, can apply the, uh, the filters uh, required to get uh, the evaluation of the SMEs participated in, in the tool uh, on different policy uh, topics. Uh, for example, uh, 
they you can get uh, an evaluation of the territory uh, territory territory policy effectiveness uh, political uh, factors for countries and so on uh, the most important thing of, of the tool is uh, that if you press uh, the question mark or the information button button on this uh, uh, on these tables you can get more information uh, so this is it uh, i would like only to point out that the tool will be maintained online until the 31st of december 2033 thank you for your attention and i would like to remind you uh, what uh, leonardo da vinci has said that uh, water is the driving force of all nature the tool is going to be maintained by the by the university yes and i wanted to know if um, if if the results are, are going to be used into uh, into academic papers for example this tool uh, uh, was created by the uh, partner of the university of patras uh, in greece okay. uh, there is already a paper written uh, written down about this um, tool and uh, I would like to point out that uh, the important thing uh, for getting the maximum of the tool is to get the collaboration of the enterprise in the touristic sector. Regarding the municipality of Rethymno, we are going to recirculate uh, this tool once again because now we are uh, trying to apply our uh, circular economy strategy and uh, we want to once again to have uh, more figures regarding the water management in the touristic in the touristic session section we have a question from uh, Joseph Rodriguez from uh, La Diputación de Barcelona, who is also the lead partner of the whole sustainable tourism community, uh, who wants to know how do you get this data from uh, data from uh, about nuts one, two, and three regions? When you are registered in the tool, uh, you have uh, to uh, add uh, the basic information. Uh, uh, in order to be registered. First of all, where you come from, which uh, area, which country, which area, which province. And this, uh, then the tool automatically, uh, automatically uh, makes uh, the required uh, advancements and uh, show uh, the NAS uh, level. Well, thank you very much, Vasilis. Uh, we are uh, almost at the end. And it was a pleasure to have you and uh, to hear about uh, cast water. And of course, uh, the tools, uh, the tool is uh, still available online and uh, we invite you and we invite everyone to, to fill the questionnaire. Every regional authority should do it and uh, of our uh, SME. So uh, we, we see this in, in the sustainable tourism communities. These outputs are the kind of um, uh, givers uh, for all of us uh, policymakers uh, who are the takers. So hopefully this can uh, inspire us and build our capacity to, to enable these uh, frameworks, these enabling frameworks that Francesco was referring to, so that we can create really and integrate the, the, the appropriate funding uh, and how this is gonna be a channel for the SMEs. And, and our whole question is how does it fit into the uh, regional or uh, destination recovery plan? Uh, so, Francesco was talking about these enabling frameworks and I really retain the need of uh, coming up uh, with uh, incentives. You also mentioned labels. 
strategies, legislation also. Uh, this was all uh, inspired by the Blue Island Project and uh, uh, reaching out, this is the importance of the capacity to communicate and reach out with uh, the smallest of the sector. That's uh, because of proximity at a destination level we can ensure. And in terms of targeting the reduction of pollution, uh, the waste management uh, indeed goes by the tourism activity related to the season. So these integrated fundings for sustainable tourism you mentioned it, across the different policies and uh, the need to integrate into this uh, circular economy uh, regional strategies. So I, I see indeed that uh, some of those are, are, are coming indeed and we are uh, trying in next tour and through STC as well to give some guidance specifically to our regions in order to build this in the operational program. So happy always to, to cooperate with Francesco. And uh, related to the um, its presentation, I retain uh, many things, but especially I was amazed by the 7 billion uh, revenues that cycling routes are able to, to provide. So here we are, I think the message is that it's not only sustainable as an activity, but also profitable and healthy. And it helps to decarbonize indeed, but equally important, not only for tourists or the visitors, but also for residents, all kinds of, of, of people. And I've seen indeed some uh, regional recovery strategies, which are uh, including indeed cycling tourism, both uh, as a driver of product diversification, but also in terms of what the infrastructure also you mentioned that is needed. So the need of going greener, but also this uh, um, social uh, social approach that, that that you mentioned, and these takeaways uh, about uh, developing how to develop a cycling tourism in your region by by signing the, the charter for sustainable and responsible cycling tourism you you mentioned. Uh, I think another important message I retain and this link with all of uh, the, the speakers is the importance of sustainable mobility in the last mile, so in destination, and the need to combine this with the public transport as an alternative to long transport uh, mobility, but in slow tourism mode, indeed. So here, it's really uh, something important for us in Nextudo, so is to ensure sustainability after the project ends. And I think here you came with some interesting tips, and especially the opportunity to have these cascade uh, fundings, you know, different instruments that you will apply as the project and the experience is more and more mature. And uh, back to the STEMED project, which was mentioned many times uh, and, and are now really show us this um, how uh, ecotourism is indeed a driver of uh, resource efficiency from all the uh, uh, phases of the product cycle, uh, from the conception to its commercialization, and equally important, how we engage and how we deliver this uh, experience, which in the end, uh, we see there is an appetite for all of us, the demand. Uh, we want a safe experience, but also a sustainable one. And hopefully we will be caring about uh, the footprint uh, we produce in, in, in uh, destinations. So we have hopefully we'll choose these uh, pioneers that are offering such products. And uh, I, I can resist to say that I know very well La Garrocha and how important is uh, the culinary and the gastronomy as part of the tourism experience. So greetings uh, uh, in that regard. And uh, what to say to Manuela, that Toma also mentioned that you are indeed our best practicing next door when it comes to mainstream uh, 
uh, tourism, uh, indeed, uh, as a sustainable uh, regional development strategy and also as part of the Agenda 2030 as a driver of it. So here it, you, you really show what we are trying to showcase actually in the sustainable tourism community. So how you as regional authority are indeed embracing the outcomes of estimate projects. So that's the legacy that you embrace and that you mainstream the project tools in the EAT, including measuring the performance for better policy making. That's very important. And uh, to Basilis uh, and Cask Water in the EAT, uh, water management as a key challenge for the tourism authority in partnership with the industry, as you show across the tools of the project, especially uh, uh, on coastal uh, tourism and coastal regions uh, in islands in the tourism season but also as a matter of uh, not only as reducing environmental impacts, but I see it really as a tar targeting a healthier environment for, for the people. And I can't resist to say that I've been to Rethimo once in the framework of a very interesting project, which is related to the topic of today, which is the nearly zero energy hotels. You have a toolkit available in the website, Neze Hotels, and the Ibiscos Garden Hotel of Rethimo, I, I hope you know it, is one of the Neze pilots. So it's one of the hotels really implementing these toolkits. So I hope this gives an idea on what we could put in a recovery plan, but it's equally important how we see this as part of a climate action plan that we really want and encourage destinations to, to build as we build the greening destinations transition, right? So on these, our colleagues from the University of Thessaly, a partner of STC, are working on a, on a catalog which really gathers the outcomes of the different projects like the ones we explore today as a matter of inspiration, right, for, for the policy makers to integrate, as we were saying, eh, in our offer, in our policies, in our financial schemes that we want to be channeled to the tourism entrepreneurs. So if, if you allow me a couple of, of links, right, uh, as uh, we said, we are the EU antenna. So uh, how uh, we can move on on this, uh, what we call in sustainable uh, tourism territorial EU dialogue. So two things. You've seen uh, certainly that the, the Council last week uh, approved some conclusions called tourism in Europe for the next decade. And they refer to sustainable, resilient, digital, global and social. So basically this, what this means is that uh, we have a high level recognition and a broad range of pers prescription actually, direction to the European Commission to really put sustainable tourism at the top of the discussion. And the second, we are, the Commission is working now towards the agenda of the tourism of tomorrow 2050, which is gonna be somehow discussed in, during the uh, Slovenian presidency. So we are really trying to bring all these insights of uh, the discussion today. So thanks, Tuma. I hope it was useful for everyone. Uh, pleasure to continue this discussion anytime. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Christina. Uh, and uh, thank you very much to everyone. It was a pleasure to... Um to have you uh, with us and uh, thanks very much especially to the speakers Vasilis Arnaud Emanuela Ed and Francesco uh, it was it was great thank you thank you Thank you for listening to the MED Sustainable Tourism Community Podcast, an initiative of the Interreg MED program, co-financed by the ERDF European Regional Development Fund. 
This podcast is the audio cast of the online event Sustainable Tourism Solutions to Reduce Pollution in the Mediterranean Area, organized by Nextdoor, partner of the Met Sustainable Tourism Community, on the occasion of the EU Green Week. The Met Sustainable Community is coordinated by the Barcelona Provincial Council in partnership with Unimet, Mediterranean Universities Union, Nextdoor, Plan Bleu UNEPMAP, the Adriatic Union Euroregion, University of Thessaly, and RDA Greencast Regional Development Agency. This podcast is produced by Unimed, Mediterranean Universities Union.